Welcome to Younger Older, brought to you by Relate365.com. This is Dave Wager talking, and normally I'm with Jason, and Jason starts the program, but today I'm with Nate, and we've been doing a special series. Uh, if you haven't been uh, keeping up with it, I encourage you to go to Relate365.com and look for Younger Older with Nate and Dave, and not Jason and Dave, and you'll be able to get caught up on all of the different things we're talking about. In summary, uh, Nate is a staff member here at Silver Birch Ranch in northern Wisconsin and has been with us for a while. And he was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. I'm going to make that a simple statement rather than go through all the real names of it. And uh, we're watching him walk through this journey as a father and as a husband, as one who loves God. And we're kind of documenting it here on the program Younger and Older so that we can hear his thoughts. And we invite all of you that are listening to enjoy the fact that Nate is enjoying God and his family and he's not in despair and he knows how serious this is. And uh, Nate, welcome. And I'm, I'm glad you're so willing to talk with us about what you're thinking and allowing an older guy to be in your life here and say, you know what, this is great thinking, good balance. And really, when people have cancer like you, they should be sitting across the table from somebody older that loves mm -hmm. God yep. so that they can keep them focused. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's the encouragement that goes with it. You know, my, my parents are a great encouragement through this. It's, uh, you know, I can only imagine what's going through their minds with this. You know, their you know, middle child is going through stage four cancer, and you know, there's a lot of you know, what parent wants to see their child suffer. But yet they are at peace with, you know, with all this because they're, they know God is in control. Yeah. And, and, and I, it, whenever you say that, I keep going back to mm -hmm. thinking of people who don't have a relationship with God. They cannot go through this mm -hmm. and, and have, be sane and go through this. Yep. Because the hope comes from God. You know, I, it, obviously you're, you're spending time in God's word. Mm-hmm. Are there some passages in the Bible that you're reading right now that are, are particularly just speaking to your heart? And if so, would you share them? Well, oh, yeah. You know, there's one we were talking about uh, off air here. You know, it's one that you brought up, and it's one that you know, comes to mind a lot. Uh, you know, John 14, you know, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. You know, if there were not so... Uh, what I've told you uh, that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself and where I am, uh, you may be also. There's a lot of comfort in that passage. God has prepared a place for all believers. Um, kind of, you know, going along with that, you know, for, you know, people that are kind of struggling between this world and, you know, the you know the afterworld some people like to believe this world is it well for some people this world is it you know there's a hard reality that there are people who are going to hell and you know no, you don't want to go there and yeah. you know in psalm 84 10 you know kind of speaks in a way to this you know for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere i would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my god than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Mm. You know, this earth is it's filled with wickedness. You know, we're just passerbys here. You know, and it's better to be a doorkeeper in the courts of God than to be on earth. Yeah. You know, because if you're a doorkeeper in the courts of God, 
you're in the presence of God. Right. And you know, the there's great peace in knowing that after this life I'm in God's presence. Yeah. You know, that's the worst torture that you can think of is being separated from God. And after life it's you're either with God or you're not. And yeah. to be without God is there's a lot of pain and suffering with that. Yeah. You know, I keep thinking that people who don't have Christ, who don't aren't in God's family, this is the best they've got right now. Absolutely. And if the best that we've got ever is what you're going through right now. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> if all I could do right now is tell you, Nate, that, you know what, your future is going to be worse than this. There's no hope there for no. you. You might as well go and I don't know what you would do. Like, you know, it, it gets you where you're afraid to not be here and you're afraid to be here mm-hmm. because well, there's no hope. I think that's what drives a lot of people to suicide, which is very sad. Yeah. Because there's a lot of them are in for a rude awakening when they commit suicide. Yeah. It's that despair. And, you know, I can see where that comes from because there's a lot of despair that happens and whether, you know, cancer, any other horrible sickness that can happen, you know, loss of a child, loss of a parent. There's yeah. despair that can happen in that. And if you don't turn to God. You're right. And so those, those that are listening without God, I, you know, the, again, the encouragement, you need to allow God to love you. The, the, the most important things in this world, the most important thing in life is that your relationship with God is what it should be. Let me ask you a question, Nate. Have you, have your relationships in this life improved during this cancer? Oh, absolutely. It's it. You know the the human side of it is you know I I can die today I can die you know many many years down the road and it's just a lot more clear so you want to make those relationships more meaningful here so that when I do go there's you know kind of the selfish side I mean you want to leave a good legacy right and you know it's God is really paving that way for that legacy of you know just doing this radio program my kids can listen to this at any time. And know what dad was thinking going through this. There's going to be no doubt in their mind that, you know, I was walking with God through this. And you desired them to walk with God. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, my six-year-old has, you know, he knows that God died on the cross for his sins. And, you know, he's repented of his sin. It's, you know, it's a, it's still, you know, a constant struggle with a six-year-old, but he knows God. Yeah. You know, and I, I hope the same for, you know, my two younger daughters. You know, they're still at the age where it's uh they can kind of understand. Sure. But they're not at the point to really grasp it. But one day, Nate, I can almost assure you they'll be listening to what you just said. Mm-hmm. And they will understand that not only did you love them, but you loved God and that they need to love God and, and be mm-hmm. prepared to be with him forever. Yep. You know, even as we talk, there's a closet in the studio here. And if I were to open the door to my left you would see a bunch of cassette tapes in there from my father. I don't even have a cassette player. (laughs) But there's a bunch of tapes there. My dad was a pastor. And his teaching is sitting right there. As his son, I would love to go through and listen to all those. Do you want me to get you a cassette player? You know what? (laughs) I probably, I think we just got one from our (laughs) in-laws. Because we were down there and they had one and they're 90 years old almost. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the, and I, you know, I just got a new truck. Mm-hmm. It's got a cassette player oh, in it. There you go. So I might be able to <laughs> put them in there. The fun part is, though, 
you know, and my dad was alive and I was a kid and everything was, you know, nice <laughs> the way it should be. I probably ignored my dad, mm-hmm. you know, to a certain degree. I mean, his dad, whatever he's saying, you might listen to it, you might not at times, you know. But now when I hear him, and he's been dead about 30 years and these things are still on tape, and and it's amazing that I can sit there and listen to what he's saying and it's timeless what he was saying. And he's mm-hmm. my dad. And yes, it's freaky how similar we are um, without even trying to be and knowing it necessarily how similar we're, we're to each other. But I would say, I would venture to say that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're enjoying your relationships more now mm-hmm. than you were before. And you've seen the value in, in enjoying those relationships. Yeah more so in essence there were some other things that were getting in the way mm-hmm. mainly myself yeah just like everybody we're all selfish human beings and yeah it's through this i've been forced to have you know people come and help and you know it's i think in previous programs it's very hard to be in that state you know especially right. as a as a independent know, man uh, yeah who's you know supposed to be the provider for you know your family and yep. it's a it's a very humbling place to be but it also allowed for you know closer relationship with people and yeah i don't know how many times you said you know love god love people right and you know there's a lot of truth to that you know you love god and just naturally you love people yeah and you know you follow that and it's uh you know, a lot of good comes from that. So the things you've been learning as far as just enjoying relationships with uh, your wife and your children differently than you did before, if if a doctor came to you today and said, you're 100% cured, w- would you continue to live differently? Would you continue to enjoy those relationships in depth? I mean, I know that's a hypothetical situation, mm-hmm. but is this something that you think God got your attention with the cancer to say, I really do want you to enjoy your family and I want you to enjoy. And it's not that you were doing anything evil before mm-hmm. that. It's just, and maybe I should clarify, my, my own life, my, my in-laws are struggling. I think that my wife and I are closer now and enjoying each other more mm-hmm. during the time that her parents are struggling in life as they get older we're enjoying each other more as we go through this process. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's drawing us. It forces you to look, this could be me. It, it, yeah, and we look in at each 20s, other, yeah. and we we have to stop other things mm-hmm. in order to take care of people. You know, it's like, well, I'm not cutting the grass right now. I'm not fixing this around the house right yeah. now. I'm, I'm going to spend time... You know, uh, my wife went down and she was down there for over a week and I was still up here doing things. And then I had to join her, you know, to bring her back home. She was carless. And and so I I enjoyed that. But it's really amazing how these crisis times, if you want to call them, Mm -hmm. or or challenging times, whatever you want to call them, Mm -hmm. allow us to strengthen the things that are supposed to be strengthened. Yeah. And I'm wondering how I can continue to have that relationship strengthened when the crisis or the challenging time is over. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of to, to answer your question in a nutshell, you know, for me to be 100% cured, that's going to be a miracle from God. Right. You know, the, going through the treatment stuff here, they're not looking to cure me okay? because it's the cancer is very widespread. So if I am all of a sudden 100% cured, 
that points to one thing. God just did a miracle. And that, you know, it's, I've, kind of alluded towards, you know, God has given me a platform to, to work with, you know, with this radio program, people have just seen, you know, my attitude and it's, it all goes back to God. And that gives, you know, another tool in the toolbox that, you know, God has done this. He can also choose, you know, cause at that point the cancer just goes into remission, right? He can choose to bring it back in an instant and in a vengeance. And at that point I would be fine with that too. Cause right. God has a purpose for it. Just like has a purpose for everything. Right. And, you know, it allows me to, you know, point towards God. Yeah. And, you know. So you're saying something very valuable there, though, Nate. I mean, you're saying some people are, are would wait and say, the only way I can really show God his glory is if he heals me completely. No, there's, no. he can show his glory through. Okay. That's important. To, yeah. yeah. And not only that, what would you say to somebody who would come to you and say, well, if you only had more faith, Nate, you wouldn't be sick. That's a lie. Okay. And, it's, and, yeah. and I'll tell you why it's a lie, because I'm an old guy and I've heard this a lot. <sighs> it's a lie because what it does is it elevates us. Yeah. It's not about my faith. It's not about your faith. Mm-hmm. It's about God's faithfulness. Yeah. And, right. and the way he demonstrates his faithfulness, even at times when we're not faithful. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at Paul. He had the, you know, the thorn in his flesh. We can only speculate on what that was. Right. God chose not to take it away from him. God was a, or God, Paul was a very, you know, wise man, very good man of faith. And, you know, I, I have no idea if somebody says, well, if you had more faith, Paul, maybe God would take this away. Yeah. Paul would say, you're wrong. Yeah. And, yeah. I think it's amazing that people think that it's really my responsibility to have faith. I put all the responsibility on me instead of God, mm-hmm. instead of trusting God's faithfulness and what the hand he deals me. Uh, what I would love for you to do is make it very clear to your wife and your children who will listen to this maybe 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. They may be feeling guilty of, if I had more faith, if I would have prayed more, If it, is, this really, is that true to them? I mean, mm-hmm. if they would have had a better life and a better attitude, you would still be alive and well? If, if in 30 years you're not here, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming something that may not be. Uh, obviously how old are you 30 you'll be 60 something uh, you, you very well still could be here yeah. i won't be here uh but but unless you god well has be. a sense of humor unless he oh man <laughs> that would be hilarious um so it, i think take a moment if you would and speak to your kids and wife about any guilt that they might feel i know my wife you know when we were first diagnosed with this i had we had the opportunity to ct scan uh back in july and one of the things that it weighed very heavily on my wife, if I would have got, if we would have gotten that then, we could have caught in this enough time. And the doctor said, no, this has been going on for years, whether you would have gotten it then. And that's really the only doubt that has presented itself. Okay. And it's, a, you know, there's, you know, obviously the you know, natural fear of, you know, the human side of, okay, if I die, you know, all the logistics stuff, but... You know, as of right now, there's been nothing that has presented itself that shows there's any sort of guilt if we would have done this or we would have done this. Because we all know, or my wife and I, we understand fully this is in God's hands yeah. and in his hands alone. I, and I think theology-wise, people need to see you're God's child. Mm-hmm. You're still, I mean, we're all looking at, boy, if I do it all right, 
You know what? You don't even know what to do all right. No. So be his child. Love God and love the people around you. Mm -hmm. I love this phrase. For my, my own life, I use this phrase a lot. Work the plan you have while you make a better plan. <laughs> it's not it, it, It's not letting me off the hook at all. I'm not saying don't work. It's like, you know, today this is what I understand. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to live in the context of what I understand today. Yeah. And when I learn more about something that I don't know today, mm -hmm. I may have to change what I'm doing. Yep. But I don't have to do that until I know more. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to feel guilty about not knowing something mm -hmm. and acting in a way that maybe was inappropriate. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to those who are listening to us who might mm -hmm. be living with guilt, you know, yeah. thinking I could have done this. No, think of the theology part. God loves you. He's your father. He knows. And if a father knows that a child is innocently doing something wrong, he just steps in and cares for it. it it's, yep. You're not that important that you personally are going to change the course of history. Mm -hmm. You know, God is the only one that can do that. Yeah. So I just want people not to be guilty who are going through life thinking, if I could have, if I would have, if I should have. Mm -hmm. You know, work the plan you have while you make yeah. a better plan. Well, when you go, when you live life with the woulda, coulda, shoulda, that you start to head down rabbit trails and you start to lose focus. I think in one of the programs that I had mentioned, it's, uh, you know, when you're following God, you have to stay focused on him. And sometimes it's like going into a room full of a bunch of people and you got to stay focused on God who's at the end of the room. And it may take you a little bit to get there, but you have to wait out all those other distractions. And, you know, it can be very difficult because some of those distractions can be very loud. Yeah. And, you know, Satan loves nothing more than to get you to go off on, you know, little tangents and get you to look away from God. Yeah. You know, I, I really think that people who are, are suffering, if you want to call it, everyone's suffering, but has a have a specific uh, struggle with, some health issue or something else and they're starting to doubt God's love and they're starting to doubt. you really need to talk to somebody like Nate or somebody else who is sorting through it right now as well and mm -hmm. is actually sorting through it in a way that brings peace and I'm not saying I have it all figured out no it's nobody has it figured out no there, it's yeah you know it's a I can offer comfort in just knowing that I know God and God's in control there yeah. are days that I have struggles yep yeah just like everybody, because I'm human. Yep. And, you know, as I said in our last program, you know, Wednesday, you know, when I had my treatment, it's uh, Friday right now. You know, I, it was a struggle that day. And, you know, I'm very open about it. And it's the only way that, you know, I have to be honest with myself. Yep. And it's something that I'm wondering, you know, constantly is that humility and just being honest with myself, my wife, kids, that there are days that I have better and days that I have worse. And those around you need to help you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in love, but they need to help you do that. You need friends around you that say, oh, yeah. come on, shape up, Nate, let's go. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad thing. We're, we're often afraid to do that because of the fact that we're going to say something that will offend or bother, but we're being truthful. I mean, uh, you are a part of our staff here at Silverbridge Ranch. You're on disability now. Mm -hmm. But we had that hard conversation. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the reason we had it was because we were being honest. Mm -hmm. Here's here's the next thing we got to talk about. Sorry. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's life. We would have to talk about that with anybody. And I know I even had people approach me saying, I can't believe you're doing this tonight. I said, really, nobody's doing anything. Mm -mm. We're having a conversation about what's going on in life. Yeah. It would have been detrimental to me to keep me on staff because that could put 
that, you know, my health would be put at risk. You know, I, you know, I was very prone to back injuries. I still am. Absolutely. But, you know, I'm a lot better off and, you know, knowing what's going on is half the battle and I know what's going on on my back. So there's different measures that I can take to help prevent injury. Yeah. Well, even as and, your, your friend and the guy who's in charge here, mm-hmm. I was looking at it going, you're, we're not going to put you in a position mm-hmm. to accelerate your pain. Uh, nor did I want to put camp in the position of it turning into a you know workman's comp claim. Exactly, that, I would feel guilty about that because that you know, it's just not good. Exactly. So here's what I'm encouraging people again: have those honest conversations. It, I know there's always a chance of being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I know that, but as somebody who has been in, in in the place where I have to make decisions for ministry for years, I've realized that no matter what decision I make. There's several others that could do it better. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But I do want to be genuine. I want to be able to talk to people and say, here's the problem. What do we do about it? Here's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Let's get to a solution here. Because there has to be a solution to some mm-hmm. of these things. Um, I have, um, if she, she's probably listening to this, so she'll be mad at me. But I have one daughter who will not talk to us about end-of-life issues because she wants to pretend that's not going to happen. I have another daughter who's very willing to talk to us about it um, mm-hmm. because she understands that that's going to happen and she would like to be prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And I do wish that both of them would be. Now, I'm not going to push personalities and you know that kind of thing. I understand. I, I was, my dad died of a heart attack suddenly, and if you were talking to me about end-of-life issues, I wouldn't have wanted to listen mm-hmm. you know, because he was my hero, he was my dad. I, I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. So I understand that. But we do need to position ourselves so that we have, in times that are tough, we need to have people around us who we can count on being honest. Yeah. Well, as uh, you know, going through with you know my in-laws, my parents have already had a lot of stuff in place. You want to be able to make educated choices and decisions, knowing that you know it's you're their advocate. Right. And you know that it's tough conversations to have because people don't want to hear it. Right. But, you know, you want the people that are close to you that love you to be able to be that advocate for you and to make those decisions, even though if they're, they can be very difficult. As, you know, we've talked about off yeah. air. It's, uh, um, you know, examples in both of our lives that we've experienced. And it's much easier when the person is like, no, I don't want that. Yeah. We don't want it that is presented to you. Yeah, I want to encourage uh, people if you're in a situation where there's, uh, people like Nate right now in your life that uh, have obvious cancer because there's people that have problems that you're not aware of right now. Yep. But it, it's obvious. There's there's certain lines of both communication and responsibility that need to be there. Mm-hmm. And you really need to respect the lines. Yep. So what I need to do is be able to go to Nate and realize as both his friend and you can put it in quotes, his boss at that time, I could go to Nate and say, okay, Nate, Here's the line. I'm the guy that, you know, I have a friendship with you, and I'm also working here. Mm-hmm. My responsibility is to watch over this place for the future and to make sure that we do what's right as an organization. It's also to be your friend. Now, you need to help me. I need to know what you need to do in order to stay safe, and I need to know what you need to do to make sure your relationship with your wife and your kids is mm-hmm. what it should be right now. And... In the end, I don't make decisions based that you need to make. I, mm-hmm. I make decisions that, so you're letting me have the line 
saying, okay, your line is over here because you have to make lines for Silver Birch Ranch and mm-hmm. all that. And I'm respecting your lines and saying, well, you need to make decisions for your family. And and I realized that, you know, disability <laughs> payment and all that kind of stuff, I mean, those those are those are things mm-hmm. that cross some of the lines, but let's see what we can do. And and really, I think we as a, an organization altered even how we did that yeah. to try and make it so that you can have at least some more mm-hmm. um, help. But again, I stayed within the lines saying, yeah. here's, here's what I can do. And uh, then the friendship line is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, you know, and, and Linda and I, we go on different line there, making sure we help you this way or that way, whatever else it might be. But if you notice, the lines are important. I, if you get older, I go to our in-laws. They have, we need to respect their wishes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they have lines. Yep. And it's not right for me to impose my standard or my desire upon them. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, it is right for me to, to have those lines. So right now in, in your life, there are people that have lines. Mm-hmm. And as long as those are respected, boy, truth can thrive. Oh, yeah. You can, you know, things will work. Yeah. Well, and to clarify, too, you know, the decisions that were made for me to go on, you know, disability, it was all a mutual decision yes. that was very, you know, it was very clear. You know, I, I think I actually, you know, I came to people and says, you know, I'm in a pretty rough spot here. I don't know if there's any sort of light duty stuff that I can do, you know, because right. I'm the type of person I like to be able to do stuff. Right. But, you know, the position at camp was, you know, there, there really isn't a position for that. And I fully understand that. Right. But, you know. But that's the lines and the honesty yeah. that come. It's not, yep. nobody was saying we don't value you. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't said. What is said is, you know what, we value you enough to be honest and yeah. say, how do we get you through this time period? And as you know, at this point anyway, your job's still waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And we've tried to set it up yeah. so that you can come back and work here. Yeah. You know, I mean, but yeah, it, that, there may be a point where that changes. Yeah. But at, at this point, it's like, no, that's the hope. Mm-hmm. But uh, in two months, that can change. Yeah. All the, you know, hopefully I've got you know, another two months of chemo left. Right. And after that, you know, it depends on what I find out from there. If I find out that things have gotten worse that changes, you know, perspective. And and for you, it's going to matter as well how fragile your bones are and all oh, kinds yeah. of stuff because, you know, it may be that there has to be a different kind of work that you have to get into, yep. you know, and that's, again, those are the lines, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what is hard to do when anybody starts to have a change in life is continue to do what you think is best by loving the people, by mm-hmm. loving God, but not being dishonest. If there's something tough you got to talk about, talk about it. Yeah. And not in a way where you're judgmental or anything else. I mean, there are some things that are just tough to talk about. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, in preparation for if I do wind up having to go on more of a long-term disability, you know, there's Social Security stuff that takes time to get right. set up. You know, I'm already laying that groundwork down because it takes time. Right. I hope not to have to use that, but it's there. Yeah. You know, and it's that there's responsibilities I have to my family to help, you know, to take care of them. And it's all about finding those lines. Yeah. And we would encourage you to do that. And Mm -hmm. some wouldn't because they'd be afraid we'd be saying, oh, we don't want you back here. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not the point. The point is we don't know the future. Yep. And that's how you want to control what you can control and manage what you can manage. Yep. 
Well, thanks again for listening to Younger Older. This, this time it's with Nate and Dave. And uh, this is a product of Relate365.com. We invite you to go there and get other programs. We'll see you next time.